Thanks, y'all. Oof. Wow, what a morning. It's been, Holy Spirit's been up in here, hasn't he? <laughs> we want him to keep being up in here, right? <laughs> so good. I just want to thank you guys um, so much for praying for me through the week. Last week, with my brother passing away and the offering, wow. I just was so surprised at the offering that was taken up. Um, it really blessed me because um, I was able to really contribute pretty heavily to the arrangements, uh, which he had no insurance, and the situation was pretty messy anyway. So, um, and actually, just just wanted to say how much I appreciate that. And um, the body of Christ is amazing. You just, you just, how the Lord uses one another is truly beyond... It's really a miracle. Um, and I just say that when that happened, when I, you know, opened up my envelope and saw the donation, I, I knew God, there was some, I wanted to tell you, my brother's life was pretty messy. Um, and it was, I, I'm going to share out of that some this morning um, and tell you why that offering was so sweet to me is his life was pretty messy. And as a sister, I always felt like I would like to be able to do something for, to give back to his kids. And through the grace of God, I was able to do that to just help. So the burden wasn't on them. And, um, but I wanted, you know, last week when I heard my brother was dying, I really, my first cry, because here's what was happening with me is I was having grief, not only for his death, but for his life. And I had never experienced that before. I mean, we've lost lots of people I've loved here. And um, lost, I've lost a brother. I already have lost parents. I've lost a child. But I'd never had that kind of grief where I was grieving over his life because he never really got victory over addictions, and which caused a lot of damage um, in the family. And I won't go into any details about that, but um, Ken was asking me about the, about the service. And my, some of you came when my mother passed, and my family lives on land. It's about 21 acres my parents bought when we were kids. Everybody got land, so everybody's lived out there together, and it's crazy. It's just crazy. I'm just not so sure that's the brightest idea, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, so when my mother died, everybody loved it because it was just, it's always unusual with our services. Um, a lot of singing. We're singers, so there's a lot of singing. And, uh, but the funniest thing was the graveside, we actually decided to bury my mom on the land and stop paying for burial sites because nobody has any money anyway. So uh, we just decided to take some land and bury my mom there, move my dad out of a box. We had him in um, and moved him out there. And in the middle of the burial, there was a dog fight because <laughs> of all the dogs that run around out. Everybody loved it. So <sighs> it's great. But um, it's really, really great because this situation was totally different. My parents totally loved Jesus, raised us. I mean, I was telling, I picked up our grandkids this morning. I was, I was telling, you know, I went to church every single Sunday. We did not miss every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. We were really raised as believers, not just church attenders. We were raised as believers. My parents were evangelists. They loved the Lord. You couldn't go anywhere without them telling somebody about Jesus. My dad had a radical conversion. 
He got delivered from alcohol, and had he not, I would not be standing here today because my mother would have left him. In fact, she had at one point. So there's just a lot of great history, but this service was very interesting too. Uh, <laughs> we, um, we did it in front of my parents' house, which is now, it's the home place. Somebody lives there. Um, there's a China ball tree. Um, that all the, everybody kept saying this by the China ball trees, by the China ball tree, we're going to do it out there, you know, and they said the big one. And to me, the big one was the one I grew up with right in the front of the yard, but it's gone. It's, it got struck by lightning or something. And the grandkids all thought they were thinking the one that grew up on the side of the house that, uh, it was really cool. My dad cut out the center and you could get right in the middle of it and play. I mean, it was just big fun. So all the grands love that, but, um, it made me think about how things go from generation to generation, you know, and, and I really have been, I sought the Lord about, we have a lot of addictions in our family and it's hard. It's really hard to watch the people you love so much destroy themselves. Um, and, um, at the service, the thing that made it hard was within the children, those children handled their daddy's addictions in different ways. And so there was conflict going on. Um, and we, we honestly didn't know if we were going to get through that service without there being something really terrible to go down. And thank you to all that prayed for us. I had people praying over that. Thank you. Uh, the Lord really rained down in that service, and um, it, it was really quite amazing. I wish I could just tell you all the details, but, um, you know, Byron was able to share. We were, we were the only two out of the family besides one of the sons that spoke, and Byron shared on the prodigal son, and um, it was really good that, you know, we both felt like my brother was with the Lord, um, and because he believed. You know, because he believed in Jesus, he handled his pain in life through addictions. And in the family, his kids even, that's what was happening. They handled their pain in different ways. There's some that are addicted, some that are successful. The success came because they wanted to be driven a different way. The other one, the pain. I mean, there's just, I will not tell you details on that pain, but it was not good. It was really good, but... Um, so the service was wonderful. I shared on, Byron shared on the, you know, the prodigal son and the father waiting. And I just could see my, my brother, really, the Lord, just opening up arms to him. And, you know, I tell you, death is a funny thing. It's really odd. Sometimes in these moments, God really shows more glory there than any other way. And I don't understand that, but I'll tell you the glory of God showed up at that service. Um, and I've, I've just loved that. But I've been asking the Lord, you know, I had a, 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 the struggle of the grief within my own heart. And I started asking the Lord to let me see the way he sees in this situation. And because we all need to see things the way he sees them because my natural default is to get all high on my horse because I've been following the Lord for 40-something years, have, have gained a lot of victory in life. But as believers, I believe it's vital that we see what he sees with these situations. 
Because he, I promise you, he sees it differently than the way we see it. And I'm asking the Lord to open up the eyes of my heart. Because when you begin losing people around you, and I don't know if y'all know this, but it's not just my family. You go to small towns all over the state and they're burying people almost on a weekly basis. People who are addicted and not gaining victory. And I believe the church really needs to see what God sees in this. We need to see it because even if we bury them, we may have regrets about how we treated them. Because we are on a high horse. And I said, my sister, I'll stay with my sister in the home. You know, it's all in the home place around there. And I was having a moment with the Lord. And I felt like the Lord, I left home when I was, I, I married Byron right out of high school. It's out of the bag. <laughs> Byron was still in school. I married him and, and left. I left my family. And I know that because of that, I'm here today. And I sat there and I felt like the Lord opened up the curtains and said, you could have been him. Don't you think anything higher of yourself? This could have been you today. And wow. (laughs) So, is that not a rude awakening? But... um, so I've been, I asked the Lord to give me his perspective. And one of the first things he started speaking to me about the hope of eternity. And that, you know, um, you know, we have, we forget that as believers. I think we're, we're really into the kingdom here and now. And I am too, man, here and now kingdom. But I do not believe the Lord wants us to forget. You know, all that we sang about today, I could not believe these songs. They were just like amazing I think the Lord does not want us to forget the hope that we have in eternity. Um, it is it, the, it's the hope we live with every day of our life. Every, and even in situations like this, when you have family members or friends who just can't break through. They're having a really hard time. They can't break through. For We can say it's their choices. Of course, it's their choices. But for whatever reason, you know, I'm not condoning it. I don't, I'm not saying God does, but I'm just saying that we need to, we know that this is the anchor of our hope that when we have people in our life that we know they believe in the Lord, but they've just not been able to get through that this is an anchor of hope for us. And that just really, um, I love it. You know, it's just that I want to just expand on that just a little bit this morning. Um, when I, I'm going to give you four things that I feel like the Lord has just done for me in this past week is that he has a final hope. We live with hope every day because of the cross, but there's also a final hope that we rejoice in, and that's resurrection, that we will rise again. He died so that we could rise again. 
And we are living in that. In fact, we're in Passover. We're in the Passover season where the blood is put on the doorpost so that we do not have to live with the grief of death because we have a final hope, and that is of eternity itself. And I'm rejoicing in that today that my brother is with the Lord. Your family members that simply believed, you know, it's, it's, this is the thing I want to say that it is John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoa. Whosoever would believe. I'm not giving you some in-depth teaching today on anything. I just want to give you some hope. Because we have hope. Hope eternal is wonderful. I love it. That's the one thing the Lord said. But here's the other thing I want to talk to you about is Jesus pursues sinners. He never stops. He never stops going after them. I really believe on the day that my brother laid in the floor and he was passing I know who he called out to. have no doubt. He knew where to go. And I know at that moment, the father was pursuing him. He was that father standing on the doorstep saying, Son, come on. I've got everything for you. And it's because the cross has spoken it. The cross has spoken. He's put all of our sin on Christ. The cross has spoken. It's, it's the cross has spoken for you and it has spoken for me. The difference between me and you is we have allowed the cross to do its, have its way in our life. Some people, it just doesn't happen. And we have to just leave that with the Lord. But I just feel like that Jesus still pursues sinners. He never stops. And the third thing I just want to talk about quickly today is this, that faith is this. It's, it's, it's in the uh, Luke, I think it's 18. I'm, you don't have to look it up, but it's where Jesus talks about that we would cry out night and day for justice. Will he find faith in the earth? Well, you know what justice is, is making wrong things right. And I really believe, and, and Jesus says that, will I find faith in the earth when I come? And so I want to talk about that a little too in a minute. And then... Because that's an important key to praying for our family members and believing for them. Um, and the last thing that I really feel like God has really spoken to me deeply this week is, did you learn to love? And our dear Bob Jones, um, you know, who a, a prophetic friend of ours who died and went to heaven. And those that were standing in line who knew the Lord, that was the one question that the Lord asked was, did you learn to love? And it's a key word, learn and particularly in situations like this, where you have someone that you really don't even want to go see because of their lifestyle. But we really have to find a way to love these people. We have to. Listen, people are dying every day. We need, the church needs to find a way to love. I know there are boundaries. I know there's all that stuff in it. That's important. But we need to find a way to love in spite. Love the person. We don't have to love the lifestyle, but we need to love the essence of who my, the essence of my brother was not that. That's not who he really was. And so we really need to look and see with the eyes of the Lord. And these are the things 
So the first thing that the Lord taught, uh, took me to was the story of Martha and Mary and Lazarus when he died. And, um, you know, Lazarus was in Mary and Martha were really good friends with Jesus. And Lazarus was sick. The sisters sent for Jesus. He was not in town. And this is the interesting thing. He waits two days to come to start his journey toward them. And that kind of, to me, was speaking of the years we prayed, the years we've prayed for our family members. And you pray and you seek. And for some reason, it doesn't happen the way we pray. It doesn't turn out the way we've prayed. And that's exactly what was going on here because, um, you know, the sister sent for me, shows up late. And this is interesting. Mary, by the time they get there, Lazarus dead. By the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus is dead. He's in the tomb. And Mary, when he, she hears that Jesus is coming, she won't even come out of the house. And she's the one that is sat at his feet. Think about that. She was disappointed and hurt. And Martha, the one that everybody's been so down on, runs. You know, she's the one that was busy serving and not at the feet of Jesus. She runs to him and starts talking about the resurrection. And I love this. Isn't this something? So um, I love these scriptures here. This is a conversation. You can put this up. This is um, John 11. 23 through 26. This is a conversation where Martha's having with Jesus when she says, if you'd been here, if only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. How many of us have if only God? How many have if only him? If you only, you'd done it this way, if only, if only, if only. But she was having her moment. And I love this, what Jesus said. Um, she's, he asked her, he says, you know, basically, you're going to, do you have that? Okay, you put it up. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, and I love this, though he may die, he shall live. And this is really good. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, I want to tell you, that right there is some hope. Right there. Do you know this is what he is saying? If we believe, we don't die. And that's really what he's saying. We do not die. I remember at a women's retreat, I think it was back in 2012, 13, Dottie Smith was preaching, a powerful woman of God. I mean, you could just sit under her for hours. And she preached on these scriptures. And at the time, I was in the belly of the well over, if only, with God. We had buried so many people here. I did I mean, with the roof had, I think the roof had collapsed. Our daughter had been through infertility for years, not able to have a baby. It was just like, you know, and watching everybody else's kids have babies and baby showers. And I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'd sat at the feet of Jesus like Mary. What in the world? And she shared on these scriptures and, and it just broke something off of me.
to know this, that in the, in the plan of God, no matter what is happening, when we die as believers, we do not die. We don't die. We just pass over. I love the song. It says, in the sweet by and by, we will meet on those beautiful shores. In the sweet by and by, there's a place that the Father's prepared for us. And we're going to meet again. This is a final hope we have. We can hope in the day that we're living in. We have hope for many things. But as believers, the most powerful hope that we have is in the final hope of resurrection power. It's in us now, but it will bring us out of the grave just like it brought Jesus out of the grave. We will not die. Although you die. You don't die. And that is a powerful hope that we live as, as believers, especially for our family members that go, that they did not get victory in this life, but they believe whosoever will believe on the name of the Lord will be saved. I believe this. I believe the, cross, the work of the cross is far deeper and wider and stronger than we ever could imagine. For God so loved humanity. It wasn't the globe that he loved. He loves the humanity. Man created in his image. And from the beginning, he had a plan to save us, to bring us back to him. Before there was ever a problem, before man ever fell, there was a solution. And it was the cross. The cross has spoken. It has spoken. He has laid every sin, every chain, every weight upon his shoulders, and he took it. He bore it for us. So that was the first thing the Lord started speaking to me. That was pretty good, that final hope. It's really, really good. It'll bring you out of um, depression. It, it'll bring you out of depression. I'm serious. It'll bring you right out. For those that have gone on, it'll just bring you right out and rejoice. Because I will just say this, that I feel like in my brother's death, there became this door that opened of victory. And I feel like he grabbed him and snatched him from himself. Does that make sense? I feel like the mercy of God, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. It is new every day. I believe, get a load of this, on March the 16th, 316. And I preached this at my brother's ceremony. Got it? John 3, 16. I believe on that. I, I just believe that he's, he's done, you know. And this is really cool. Um, I didn't know this one. I, I thought, well, those scriptures are so common. I just don't know if I want to preach on those or not. And this was so cool. The day that my brother died on March 16th, his son and my niece he said, my, his youngest son, who's got problems and needs prayer, he said, the Lord let my daddy die on 316. Isn't that something? 
So he would know that he's with the Lord. Isn't that something? Isn't that powerful? Isn't the Lord good? Isn't it just so good? Yeah, I didn't know, you know, that had gone down. But So that's the other thing. The other thing the Lord started speaking to me is this. Um, I, I want to read this before I move on. Verse 11, First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Wonderful. This is in the Passion Translation. I don't think we hear this stuff enough, okay? I just want to say this. Beloved brothers and sisters, we want you to be quite certain about the truth concerning those who have passed away so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who died while believing in him. This is the word of the Lord. We who are even in him and remain on the earth when the Lord appears will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died. For both will rise together. For the Lord himself will appear with a declaration of victory, the shout of an archangel, and the trumpet will blast of God. He will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. And then we who are alive will join them, transported together in the clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air. And we will forever join with the Lord. So encourage one another with these truths. Wow. <laughs> Woo. That is good. Isn't that good? Now I'm going to say this. I felt like the Lord told me, and I know this is an unusual Message, because I feel like I'm preaching at a funeral. But (laughs) this is the word of the Lord. It's not just funeral scriptures, but I felt like there were people here today that needed to hear this. And I want you to receive it. feel like it. I don't know who you are. I just don't know, but I do feel that. So the next thing I wanted about Jesus pursues sinners is the one where Jesus has the encounter with a woman at the well. And I love this because this is where I'm feeling like the the church really needs to see how he sees. The scripture says this, that he, when Jesus was walking, I don't know where they were, but he had, it says he needed to go through Samaria. That's what the scripture says, that he needed to go. We need to, get a, uh, we need to get that we need. We need to go to this person. We need to pass through this area because there's somebody out there that needs to hear something. They need to hear some hope. They need to hear about the Holy Spirit. They need to hear that there is another answer and another way out there. Woo! So, he, I mean, his disciples are pitching a fit about it because there's a lot of racism between Samaritans and Jews. And if you'd put that scripture up, John 4, 9, says, then the woman of Samaria, he goes to this well. Let me just tell you this. He goes to a well at noon, which is not the time the women are out to be drawing water. They're there in the morning. And they're there at night. But he's there at noon. 
And there's this woman there. It's a divine appointment. And in fact, people think she was there at noon because she was ashamed to show her face among the other women because she was a sinner. She was living with a man. Okay, and so Jesus had a need to go to Samaria at noon. And so he's there, and this woman is the wrong race. She's the wrong gender. She's the wrong kind of person. And he's just in the wrong place altogether according to the cultural stuff going on. It doesn't faze him. It does not faze him. He goes and he asks her for a drink. And here's what the woman said. How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And that's something. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would ask of him, and he would have given you living water. Now, the first thing I see on these verses here is it's a gift. What he was about to give her was a gift. It, was, it wasn't earned. It was not earned. It was a gift that was being handed, just like we have been given a gift. It is our place in this world to go give away the same gift to the same kind of people. And are we willing to cross those boundaries is the question. Are we willing to cross those boundaries? I'm telling you, we got a lot of boundaries up in this world we're living in now. I mean... Do you get angry when you see a certain political sign in somebody's yard and you just don't want to talk to that person because they've got a certain sign up? Yeah. Tell me that's not a boundary. Are you going to walk across the street? Come on, church. This is what I'm talking about. Are you going to walk over to a house that somebody's highly addicted and knock on their door and walk into a complete mess? And the reason you do it is because you're learning to love. Are we learning to love when it doesn't feel good to be in an atmosphere you're totally not used to? There are boundaries. And Jesus was willing to cross those boundaries. To bring that hope of living water. Verse, let's go into verse 14. He says, whoever drinks of that water will never thirst again. But he says this, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, eternal life. Now tell me he was not giving her hope that day. He was giving her hope. And I love the other version that says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I like that version. Because you know what? 
We know what it is to have a river in our belly, don't we? And we know what it is to be satisfied, complete, to feel that satisfaction that only comes from that water, that living water. It's the only water that will ever satisfy anyone. And it's our place to go tell them. Those that are addicted, those that are suffering, those that are depressed. It's living water. It's the only water that will ever satisfy. It's a drink of that. Oh, drink and drink and drink and drink. I don't know about you. I like to drink till I'm a little tipsy. It's true. We're not drunk as you suppose. That's the book of Acts. I'm sorry. That's scripture. <laughs> the wonderful thing about the Samaritan woman is this. She was the first person to go preach the gospel in Samaria. She evangelized her city. Is that not amazing? We never know the person that we go to will not be the very person that will evangelize a whole city. And thus, isn't that amazing? A whole city evangelized out of that one encounter. One encounter. I love it. And I'm this river, I just got to get one of my most favorite scriptures in the whole wide world. It's Revelation 22, 1 through 3. And you can put that up. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously, can to say continuously, pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And every curse will be broken and no longer exists. For the throne of God and the Lamb of God will be there in the city. His loving servants will serve him. Isn't that amazing? It's one of my favorites. Because this river is the river of the Holy Spirit. And we have an abundance of the river. I thought to myself... For those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a really long time, and even of those who haven't, we don't even consider how much God has placed in us that we really just keep hidden away. When there are thirsty people out there, just to, if you can just say things like, you know, he just loves you so much. You know, he, he's not rejecting you. He loves you. He would never reject you. He may not love what we do all the time. Just things that God has put in us. If just sharing the nuggets. You have no idea the impact. I sat by my brother. That I got to see him um, when we buried my nephew in August from drug addiction. We sat out by the chicken coop in my sister's yard. And just sat and chatted, and I snapped a picture of him that is really just, it was just amazing. Um, not knowing it would be the last moment I would spend time with him. And he's a great conversationalist. He was a great philosopher. He was a great gardener. He was a great cook. He loved animals. There was just a lot about him that was really good. Um, and he loved unconditionally the kind, he just, he just loved you know, in his own way. But we were sitting there, and the last thing I said to him was I put my hand on his shoulder. 
And I said, Philip, your sins are forgiven. He's given us that power to remit sin. Isn't that amazing? So I just want to encourage us today that God has put a lot in each and every one of us. And just the ability to love. I, I want to move on to real quick about this, about persistent faith. I believe what God is looking for in the last days, because it says, will he find faith in the earth when he comes? So this is talking about when he comes. I think we're getting closer. Okay? He, there's this parable of this woman who goes to an unjust judge who's really doesn't have any care anyone. Okay? And she's, she's asking for justice. She just hammers him. Give me justice from my enemies. Give me justice from my enemies. He, you know, he was just ignoring her, ignoring her. Okay, finally, because she wore him out, he gave her justice from her enemies. I'm going to tell you, y'all, drugs are our enemies. Drug and alcohol abuse are our enemies. I'm going to tell you, child trafficking, human trafficking, it's our enemies. Abortion, it's our enemies. And the Lord is saying to us, will we cry out for justice? It says this, he was an unjust judge. How much more will God as a just God give us what we ask for? He, and then he puts it like this. Will he find faith in the earth? He, that is tied to faith. So we, this is something we all can do. Do you have a drug addict in your in your family, do you have an alcoholic in your family? Start crying out for justice. Start crying out for justice. Start crying out for justice over abortion, human trafficking, all these things that are wrecking our hearts because we have a just God that wants to hear it. He wants to hear it. Amen. So this is really cool. I want to I want to tell you this. The Lord years ago gave me the word at workus, and that is the scripture for you in your house. When is that that was said in it was the book of Acts? You and your house shall be saved. Well, that word there is household. It means your whole sphere of influence. Come on. Now I'm going to tell you if your sphere of influence is only in this place, mm, we need. Bigger spheres of influence. We need it. We need to have a bigger... We do. And um, the last thing I want to say to you is this. About do we learn to love. And I will tell you my journey with my family over the years. And I have... I don't want to make out my family like they're a bunch of hoodlums because they're not. In fact, they're pretty... Every one of them are amazing. Really Amazing. Um, and I, I could go on and on with just the amazing people and my siblings and cousins. I mean, just amazing people. Um, but I've had to learn to love through my differences, through the differences in my lifestyle, um, and theirs. And I tell you what I've learned to do 
is leave all that stuff with the Lord and not be a person high on their horse that thinks I'm better than them. Because it's not true. Our, our spiritual father would say to us all the time, there go I, but the grace of God. There go I, but the grace of God. And it's true, folks. There go us, but the grace of God. And the way we learn to love is beginning to just love. A lot of times things we say don't work. Anyway, just learn to love and accept and be love. And I don't know, I started hearing this song. I didn't even know about this song. It's called Little Miracles Happen Every Day. Do you know that song? It's some song out there. I started hearing it. I mean, I bet I've heard it. I, I didn't know where it came from. But I looked up the, the lyrics on it, and just one thing caught me. It's, the name of the song is Little Miracles Happen Every Day. And it says this, every time we love, a miracle happens. Wow. Is that not amazing? And the last thing I just want to tell you, and I'm done, I really had a really special thing to happen. Um, I got to Rockingham on Friday, but Saturday I had to turn around and drive to Durham to my grandson's birthday party. And, and Jerry and Judy Ball called me, you know, to console me about my brother. And they spent 30 minutes praying for me, and I was telling them about all the situation. Their powerful intercessors really ministered to me. Thank you, Jerry and Judy. But... Um, so this, she told me, I told her about all the problems in the family with addictions. And she told me we needed to go to the four corners of the 21 acres and do communion and pray over the land. And I thought, okay. <laughs> but after, on, um, on Tuesday afternoon, us siblings went to the four corners of the property we were raised on. And we cried out to the Lord. for deliverance from our enemies. And we asked the Lord to forgive us for the sin that had been committed on that property. And we went to the four corners and we broke bread and we drank the wine and we poured it on the land. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost came down so powerfully. It was amazing. I, I will never forget it. We were all just like amazed because the Lord showed up. And we, I believe... There was a breakthrough that day. I believe we had breakthrough. And I'm just telling you, we carry a breakthrough anointing as believers. And if we don't go, who's going to go? If we don't learn to love in the midst of that stuff, then we're never going to reach this generation coming up under us without loving them and out of relationship. They don't want to hear the preaching anymore, y'all. They're done with it. It's the love that's going to do it. So that's my story. And um, I ask, let's stand up. I'm asking the Lord for a real evangelistic anointing to come on this congregation. Like we've never walked in. If you, if you feel like your evangelism's been burning low... Let's just reach up to the Lord now. Lord, we're asking you to let your fire burn in our hearts to see what you see, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being, Lord, being blind 
just being blind to what you see. Lord, I believe our freedom is tied up in seeing what you see because you see with the eyes of love. And when we don't, when we see with eyes of criticism, we're bound up. And so, Lord, we ask you to let us see with the eyes of your your heart, your love, and let the fire of evangelism fall on us now. Lord, let it come in unique and significant ways. Let it come through relationships, Lord. Let it come through divine connections. Let it come through those I need to go through Samaria. I don't know why, but I have this need where I have to go into Walmart. I have this need where I have to go down the street. I have this need to go outside the four walls of this church. I have this need. You have this need. The Father has that need in us. He's the father. He's the prodigal father. He is standing on the porch waiting for him to come back, to come in. So, Lord, we just say, Holy Spirit, right now, just fill us fresh with your spirit, with the living water, with the living water. Lord, and let everything you've put in us now come out. Let it come out to the world around us, Lord God. Let it come, Lord. We ask you. Lord, we don't feel like we have to strive for this. This should be a very supernatural, natural thing we walk in. And so I just release that now. A very supernatural, natural thing that we walk in. And we will begin to see the addicted set free. We ask specifically for that. The addicted set free, God. I pray over every family member in here that we're crying out for, for their freedom. Because they're real people and they're wonderful. God's created them wonderful, wonderful made. And God wants to see his reward in them come out who he's made them to be. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we just say, let do it, God. We thank you that we get to. We thank you that we get to, Lord. We thank you that you get to use us. Thank you get to use us. We get to use you <laughs> in us. Woo. It's glorious. It's glorious. You know, the glory of God comes when his spirit is prevailing in any situation, his glory comes in a, a way we've not known. We see his glory in here, but there's another glory when he's using us to bring in the addicted and the lost. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I get the ministry team up here now? I think uh, particularly the evangelists in the room that feel like they've been, their coals are running down. And if you want a release of evangelism on you, I think we all do. We also want to pray for the sick this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's anointing up here. I'm feeling it. Just, whew, I feel it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we need some more people up here to pray. The Holy Spirit really wants to do something deep this morning. Yeah. The evangelists are in the room. Yeah. Come. Yeah. Woo.
Yeah, the evangelists in the room come up. We want you to lay hands on some people. The evangelists in the room, I'd like for you to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were here, Mama Judy. Didn't know you were here. Thank you, Lord. Jerry. Papa Jerry. Yep. I believe this is a deep word from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you this. My brother's death is not in vain. Because some souls are going to be one. And some addicted people are going to get set free. And that's just the way the kingdom works. The devil cannot win. When he takes people early, he can't win. There's no loss in the kingdom. He can't win. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to hover over this place right now. Just hover over us right now, Lord. Just hover and do your work. Let these evangelists, if you want a greater anointing for evangelism, I know um, right here, come on up. Come on up. We got an evangelist right here. We got evangelists right here. Put your hand if you're an evangelist. We want people that want a greater, yeah, a greater anointing for that. Yes. I want you to come get prayed for because there is release and laying on of hands. It's biblical. It's biblical. The greater anointing to flood this house. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Joyce, she has an anointing right now. She has an anointing. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let let these people pray for you. Yeah. Oh, we just lift up our hands to heaven. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's fallen out of heaven right now. Right now, we just release Byron and Becky Wicker to the thousands, to the thousands that will come through the seed of this church. So right now... <clears throat> We, she's, heard, she's preaching an evangelistic message that we've heard and we'll be responsible for. The death of her brother, a seed has fallen into the ground and we release a fire on them that will never go out. They're not anywhere near the end of where they will be or what they will see. We release the purity and the holiness, the holiness, the holiness of the love of God, the pure love of God. That destroys every work of the enemy of selfishness, of pride, of anxiety, of stress, of fear, of doubt. We say, yes, Lord, pour out your fire in this church this morning. Pour out the fire of evangelism through this woman, through Brian, through all of us. Lord, help us to move by the Spirit. And we would say thousands will come because of this set. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you, if you need to go get your kids, go get them, because I know they want you to get them. If, if you can send somebody else to get them if you need to. But Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. We're going to continue staying up here ministering for a while. We just appreciate all of you coming. Appreciate all you visitors being here today. <laughs> we love y'all. Thank you, Lord.